This is Katadata Podcast, a crafted selection of audio content from katadata.co.id with deep insights and storytelling on Indonesia's current affairs, business, and social issues. Hello, I'm Gundi Chayadi and this is Off the Script, a podcast series for Katadata. Each week, I'll bring you an interview with policymakers, business leaders, and social figures in Indonesia on a range of topics such as economics and financial markets, business and the digital economy, as well as sustainability and social affairs. We hope that this program will be a window for you to embrace and understand Indonesia better. Hello and welcome to Off the Script with me, Gundi Chayadi. And in this episode, I'm speaking with Ilya Kraftstoff, founder of Rinkas. Rinkas is a startup targeting to make home ownership easier and accessible to everyone, including here in Indonesia. And Rinkas will provide a matching service for mortgage applicants with financial institutions. And it is built by a team with deep backgrounds in digital businesses worldwide, ranging from Google, Amazon, and, and Dell. So welcome to the show, Ilya. Thank you, thank you. Happy to be here. Okay, Ilya, before we start proper, you know, you've been an advisor to startup founders in the region. You have been a founder yourself and obviously your background uh, growing up in Italy, you know, completing your master's in University of Bocconi and then in Rotterdam School of Management. Uh, perhaps you can share your journey into Indonesia and how, how do you get to where you are right now? For sure. Well, perhaps I, I start with the with the university first. So yeah, I graduated in my master's in two thousand nine, and um, and actually started my career um, working for a consulting company specialized in the mm-hmm. TMT sector, so mm-hmm. technology, media, and telecoms. Mm-hmm. Uh, in particular, focusing on emerging markets and emerging mm-hmm. economies. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, straight after university, uh, I actually joined their uh, uh, Johannesburg office. So I was based in Sub-Saharan Africa for a few years. Uh, and that was really fascinating back in the days because, you know, the first mobile phones were coming out, the first, uh, you know, rolling out of 2G, 3G networks. And, and you could see how the correlation between technology and economic growth was, was very, very strong. And this is where I was really fascinated by, you know, how technology can, you know, deliver big impact. Yeah. And uh, after a few years being there, um, my consulting firm opened an office in Singapore and they asked me to relocate and help to grow the business in Asia. And this is uh, how I ended up uh, almost 11 years ago uh, in this part of the world. Uh, so, so and I've been here for a while now. Um, and uh, at a certain point, uh, you know, I decided that um, uh, I was living in Singapore, you know, having this very well paid job and it was exciting, but I thought that, you know, I wanted to do something more. Uh, so I decided to to resign and uh, move to Indonesia in 2012 and start my first startup. So I was one of the early entrepreneurs and been based here for for almost 10 years. So I've seen all the cycle. <laughs> so here we are, 10 years after, with all the unicorns and a lot of yeah. things going on. Yeah. Wow. That's that's you know that must be must take something of moving from you know well-paying job in Singapore coming to Indonesia, starting completely uh, fresh, right? Something something new. Um, that was quite a daring move, Ilya. 
Well, I was young. I didn't have a family at that time, so uh, so it was okay. It was uh, you know taking calculated risk. <laughs> sure, sure. So uh, uh, share a little bit more uh, to to the audience about Rinkas uh, and and what is it that you guys um, actually aim to do, Ilya? Yeah, so Rinkas is a, is a relatively new venture which we you know kick off last year. Uh, with uh, myself and, and my co-founders, and we all quite very seasonal, uh, you know, team uh, team members. So as as you mentioned before, my co-founders they you know come from Google, Amazon, and all the good companies, but also second time entrepreneurs. So they have a bit of a good mixture. Uh, so I think when when we're looking at uh, um, potentially starting a new business, we we went very systematically about it. And we said, okay, there's uh, what are the things that the new, you know, the new venture needs to have for us personally, uh, and obviously we are all passionate about uh, the fintech space uh, and the, also the fact of the scalability of the fintech models. Yeah. Um, but we also wanted something that has a, a really big impact on the population. Um, that you're not only building something for the sake of building, but you also, you know, while building it, you are you're making good to the country. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, and this is where we we looked systematically at all the opportunities in the fintech space, and we realized that home ownership is, is a big issue, uh, and in particular, some you know key indicators really struck our attention. And one of them was that the mortgage penetration uh, ratio to GDP in Indonesia is below three percent, uh, while in US is about fifty percent, and even in India is eleven percent. Mm-hmm, right. Mm-hmm. So we thought that um, you know the 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 problem in home ownership is really related to affordability and access to financing. And this is how, how, how Rinkas was actually born. I guess, you know, when we talk about home ownership and affordability in Indonesia, um, it, it, one survey back in 2019, so this is before the pandemic, you know, the thing that indicated like uh, they sort of did a survey out of 19 provinces in Indonesia and found out that only seven of them, so a third of those being uh, um, uh, surveyed uh, show some evidence of affordable housing, right? And and that's scary. You know, one third of Indonesia ha- has some affordable housing. And I think earlier this year, uh, Finance Minister Sri Mulyani made headlines, right? When she said that Indonesians might find it even uh, harder, even more difficult to, to purchase a house going forward. Uh, your thoughts on this, Ilya? What are some of you know? You know, what are some of the the factors that have been driving this? Is it really just about the cost of land, or is it uh, the the financing? I mean, you mentioned something about financing earlier on as well, uh, or is it a combination of factors that that drive this? Look, I, I think it's uh, you know, in, at least in our assessment, and we also uh, wrote actually a memo on the market uh, before starting this business. Uh, I think in our assessment, it's a combination of several factors. Right, uh, that that uh, lead to this situation. Obviously, uh, affordability is a big problem, right? Uh, um, but um, access to financing is another big problem, right? As you said, if you're looking at such a, a low mortgage penetration rates, uh, you know, it, it's a clear signal that a lot of people are being, you know, uh, cut out from the the financing part. Sure. Um, sure. Uh, but but even going deeper, we try to kind of uh, peel the onion and go one level deeper and. Uh, and understand in uh, how how the workforce is structured in Indonesia and why so many people are cut out from financing. And here, if you look at it, uh, in Indonesia at the moment, fifty five percent of the workforce uh, it's uh, small and medium entrepreneurs, freelancers, 
uh, or people who don't have what uh, the traditional bank called fixed income. Yeah, yep. or or an an employer, right? And for those people, it's even more difficult to get access to financing because it's hard for them to prove that they actually can afford paying the monthly installments. Uh, so, so all this uh, in combination leads to a lot of uh, issues, right? In the process, in, in in getting there and getting the home, and and this is also something that we really want to help to solve in the long run. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess I think uh, from my perspective, you know this. Uh, idea about the lack of uh, data availability. You know, this is also one area that fintech is trying to to improve on, right, Ilya? I mean, with the in- innovation in in open banking and open finance, hopefully that will drive uh, uh, getting a mortgage easier, right? Um, because maybe the assessment for whether or not you can qualify for a mortgage should go beyond. Uh, uh, the, the formal data that is contained in the banking sector, because obviously, banking account is still in Indonesia. Still, penetration is still quite low, right? Uh, from the perspective of the banks and the financial institutions, uh, what sort of feedback have you been getting while you are talking to the potential partners uh, in teaming up with with Rinkas and providing easier access to mortgage? What what have been some of the feedback from them, Ilya? Uh, actually, to be honest with you, I think uh, if we would have started this business, uh, you know, five or six years ago, uh, it would have been almost impossible uh, to onboard all the banks and, and okay. start working with them, right? Because five, six years ago, you know, open banking, uh, it was something that, you know, people were not talking about. Uh, the banks were even more conservative if it comes down in partnering with startups and, uh, you know, and, and fintech companies. Uh, but I think uh, Indonesia made a huge progress over the past five, year, five years in in letting the in I mean from one side regulating the fintechs, making sure that they date their data contributes to the central database of OJK. Uh, but on the other hand, also you know uh, re- making the the larger financial institutions realize how important it is to work with this you know technology players to really you know complement certain white spots that are there in the market. Uh, so, you know, even though we are a relatively new company, we've, we've had very, very positive feedback, uh, from a majority of the banks in Indonesia. And we are, we are almost onboarded all of them already. Um, I mean, the main, the main, the main 10, 15 banks. So we've been very, very lucky to, to have that, you know, positive response. And I think this is just due to the maturity of the whole ecosystem, yeah, uh, that, yeah. that, you know, in the past five years, uh, you know, has happened. Yeah. Yeah. So, a- am I am I right to say that banks are uh, at least open to perhaps taking a little bit more risk, uh, Ilya, on this front, or a little bit more open perspective? You know, because obviously one of the hurdles also the fact that in Indonesia mortgages, most mortgages are, I don't know, like a max of fifteen years, right? So that's makes it also expensive and uh, uh, something that is difficult to to attend for for many. I don't know. What what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, I think it's not necessarily taking more risk, uh, but uh, because obviously you know NPL ratios and risk management is lies at the core of the the, the big financial institutions in the country. Okay. But it's okay. it's more more about being able to um, you know take a calculated risk and 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 basically understand better who they have in front of them right and and when i when i mentioned that is it's it's all that information that the bank would receive 
about the customer and also the asset. Let's remember that mortgage is not only about the customer; it's also about the yep. asset. Yeah, right? yep. uh, So if the bank can receive, uh, you know, better, more reliable information upfront, then they can, you know, take quote unquote more more calculated risk because they know that you know this customer is actually good and this asset is actually good and i think this is this is where the the challenge lies that traditionally the the bank's been overwhelmed with just leads uh, but without any any data attached to that so it's very hard for their loan officers to go there in the field and reconstruct ah. the bit the profiles okay. of the customers and i think this is one of the, the things that we are trying to do is to solve that you know pre-screening pre-selection and make sure that you know we actually we actually don't just generate leads but we originate loans yeah yeah so i guess i guess the 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 traditional banks there they they know that the the game has changed Ilya. they need to adopt to you know they need to adapt to uh, changes in technological innovation they need to sort of face the competition from the fintech companies and um obviously getting the data on the ground that's that's very important uh for the traditional banks is is that is that right? Uh, my reading of it. But I, I I would never I would I would not mention co- competition. I think the you know the, we always think of spirit of collaboration, right? Okay. Uh, and, okay. And I think that that is very important the way we think about this industry, right? I think there's a lot of stakeholders in this industry, which is real estate, which are quite complex because you have the banks, you have the property agents, you have the property developers, and I think the approach of competition is a is a not correct one because the idea is to uh, not to compete with anybody, but to empower all the stakeholders to do better, right? And and provide them tools uh, to 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 do do better, and uh, eventually to help the customers, you know, uh, increase that uh, you know penetration rate of three percent to ten percent, twenty percent, even more, and uh, help them to get a house. I think that's that's the fundamental you know vision that we have within Ringcast. Okay. Got it, got it, got it. And how's the you know the feedback and uh, the approach that you guys been getting on from from the landowners, right, the developers? Are, are they so as excited about this? Because obviously this is going to be a, a great boost to their business, right? Yes, I mean uh, on the developer side, I think it's uh, equally positive. Uh, meaning that uh, at the end of the day. Um, you know, the developers are in the business of building and selling homes, right? right? And that's right, their right. core business. And, and that's what uh, traditionally they want to stick to. But uh, obviously, since, uh, you know, uh, we've seen some practices in Indonesia where the developers are, you know, even having their own department of uh, people doing KPR and uh, in providing Chichilan and all that, right? And, and, and mainly they do that because they want to make sure that um, the customers can afford their houses and, and help them to to get over that line, right? So now if uh, if we, and in, in here as well, we position us as a tool to developers to basically help the customers get approved faster, better, more efficient for KPR or the way it's called here in Indonesia. Um, yeah, the mortgage. Yeah. Correct. And in and, and that way, we also want to help them to generate more sales and, and have more top line and build more houses and do what they do best, right? Uh, so, so that's that's as I said. It goes back to the philosophy on how we we see this uh, this industry. Okay, okay, uh, Ilya, I, I want to shift my um, you know questions a little bit towards um, you as a startup founder, and obviously Ringcast was just launched. Was it late last year and or early this year? Late last year, late twenty twenty one. I just want to get your perspective about you know. Uh, the startup scene right now, right? Because obviously a lot have been said about how much more difficult it is now to to raise funds and how the cost of money has gone up so much 
uh, compared to the, the last two years and so on. So just how hard has it been you know, for you in terms of uh, starting up this business uh, over the last uh, nine months or so? Uh, look, I, I think uh, definitely uh, the markets, you know, are, are, are tough at the moment, right? So there's a lot of corrections, uh, you know, it's not as it was before. Um, but again, you know, there is fundamentally there are problems to be solved, right? Uh, and, I, and I think uh, as long as, you know, you have experience uh, and you know what, what you're doing and uh, the fundamentals are there in the long run, I think, you know, people should not panic. Right. And then obviously Indonesia has out, outperformed many other markets on, on a macroeconomic level. Um, and I think it's still, um, you know, I would say it's still, especially in the early stage, it's a good moment to build. Right. It's a good moment to build because you have, um, you know, uh, more talent available. Uh, you don't have, uh, you know, uh, as crazy financing grounds that you need to worry that your competitor tomorrow is going to raise 10 times more. And then, you know, <laughs> you are going back into that battle. Right. But you are, you're going back to really trying to build a sustainable, uh, you know, fast growing business, right. With good underlying unit economics. And I think this is a good time to do so. So I would say, you know, if, if you are just entering the startup space just because of the FOMO and the hype, uh, and just because you want to raise a lot of money and then, uh, you know, you're not sure what you're going to do, then it's the, not a good moment because that will be uncovered pretty quick. Uh, but if you are, you know, you've done your research, you, you know, there is a big problem and you, you're, you're taking it step by step, then it's a good moment to build. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I guess, I guess um, you are in saying that Indonesia has outdone um, many other countries in terms of its macroeconomic performance. And I think foreign investors are also still looking at, at Indonesia as one of you know the exciting place place to be, especially in in you know spaces like fintech, like like yourself. So, uh, great message there. As long as you have a good product, you know what's the underlying problem that you're going to solve, the social impact that it's going to bring. Uh, it's not it's not as dire as what they say, isn't that right, uh, Ilya? That that's hundred percent true, yeah. right? So yeah. I think it's important not to discourage. You know, entrepreneurs and people who believe in in in, in certain in, in helping and believe in solving certain complex problems to to still dare to do it because there's still, especially on the early stage, uh, there's still capital available out there. Okay, Ilya, I want to come back to the housing market and you know perhaps to talk a little bit on the demand side. Um, obviously, uh, the Gen Z is increasingly becoming the backbone of the Indonesian economy. And I'm sure that there will also be the backbone of the property market. Uh, again, back in 2019, before the COVID pandemic, uh, Katadata did a survey that you know suggested that most potential buyers in the greater uh, Jakarta area, Ilya, more than 90% of them still aim to buy landed houses. Right? That's that's that's, that's, that's crazy, right? I mean, the fact that uh, of course land cost is, is expensive is that still the perception right now? That most people, you know, majority, this is like uh, almost 100% of them uh, still prefer uh, landed houses. Uh, that's 100% correct, right? I think uh, Indonesians do prefer landed houses. Uh, and uh, the piece of land, even if it's not a big, it's, it's something that they do care a lot about. Uh, and I think it's fundamentally in the culture of, you know, having a landed house, uh, having a piece of land that then you can, you know, uh, you know, for the future generations and so on and so forth. So uh, it, it doesn't mean that, you know, the, the people who live in business districts are 
you know, will not take an, on an apartment, but uh, <laughs> we're talking about a few, uh, you know, uh, you know, few spots, right? So if we're looking at the majority of the market is still landed houses. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, with the fact that land cost has gone up so much, obviously it's expensive. Um, is it still within the reach of this generation, Ilya, to, to own a house in the city or, you know, near the city? Because if not, then they have to go in, in the suburbs and um, that creates more complication, right? In, in terms of infrastructure, connectivity towards the bigger city. Is it sustainable uh, to, to sort of support their livelihood? I don't know. I mean, the, the, this, the problem gets more and more complex. You know, it's not just about how affordable the housing uh, market is but uh, yeah i think look uh, if, let, let's just look at it on a on a macro scale right so in indonesia the primary market right which is um uh, you know new houses is is, is quite it's very sizable right it's, it's about 40 40 percent uh according to some some research so uh and we've we've seen like new cities being built uh you know uh on the outskirts of the larger cities right mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. where there's you know proper planning you have new houses and and many even uh, you know offices uh, relocate outside that right i mean we have examples in base there but there are others as well right um uh, so i think to be honest with you um you know it, it's, it's still possible, and and especially if you look that you know you don't necessarily always have to be in the city center, right? And and many of the and many of the population that we 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 want to cover, we're looking at houses that are below uh, one billion rupiah, right? Yeah, so yeah, you yeah. know we're looking at houses of five six hundred uh, million or even below, and 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 those are factory workers, you know, who work on the outskirts of Jakarta. And, and they want to live close by. They want to bring their families from the provinces so the kids can go to school. And I think there is a big effort in, in, in build up those areas uh, that no, are not necessarily the, you know, your Chipete or you know, central Jakarta, right? So, uh, so as long as, you know, the work and space and the living space is not too far off, I think it's, it's, it should be fairly uh, okay. reasonable. Okay. And in terms of the target market or, you know, is Rinkas going to be, Primarily for the main cities in Indonesia, um, uh, Ilya. I mean, I'm sure that's going to be the start. But uh, how confident you are that in terms of reaching out to the secondary cities and 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 so on uh, in the future? Well, we are lucky. We are lucky that uh, we have very good partners that are actually already bringing us outside Jakarta, and so we we have more than a hundred projects that uh, in the pipeline to be rolled out across Indonesia. Uh, and, uh, and so we are definitely looking at a country as a whole. Uh, uh, so, uh, but obviously, majority of the bigger developments are concentrated around the larger cities, so Jakarta, Surabaya, Medan, uh, you know, Makassar, etc. Uh, but uh, we're definitely looking at it as a country as a whole, uh, not only at uh, Jabodetabek. Okay, okay. And um, Rinkas has also the target to sort of not only be based in Indonesia, right? Uh, you guys also want to venture into the region, into Southeast Asia, and so on. Um, could you share a little bit more of that, and perhaps also uh, what you have learned, you know, over the last nine months or so dealing in, in Indonesian property market, that you can uh, bring some of these lessons to the region. Uh, look, Indonesia is definitely the largest, you know, market. Uh, you know, especially if we are looking at volume. And this is where where the platform makes a lot of sense, right? So you know, if you have uh, high value but uh, 
very low volume, then a platform business makes less sense. But in addition, you have 12,000 developers, you have more than a thousand banks. Uh, obviously, a lot of them are regional banks with high cost of funds, which is a different story. But um, definitely, Indonesia is a huge market with a huge uh, issue to tackle. So we're uh, at the moment, we are fully focused on solving the Indonesian problem and making sure that we can uh, really deliver impact to this largest market. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, if if in the if in the future we will expand to some other markets, uh, we're we're still uh, we're still not thinking about that yet. We're really laser focused, and I think that's very important for a, a you know a younger startup to be very laser focused on solving one problem at a time. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's that's interesting. And uh, Ilya, I'm I'm just curious. I mean, you've been in Indonesia now close to ten years. You know, you built. Uh, one startup ready now you're into your second one um i i don't know man you you've ventured uh, i'm sure you've ventured to many cities in indonesia some anything uh, the most exciting place that you've been you know something that you maybe reminds you a little bit of uh, back home in italy and and so on is there anything like that uh, from your experience so far in the last uh, 10 years Ilya? Well, look. Uh, I mean, for me, Indonesia is 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 my home at the moment, right? And I, I'm married. My wife is Indonesian. I have a little kid, so so I'm definitely here for the long run. I've been here ten years, and you know, and, and I'm really attached to this country, also because of my family. And I really, you know, feel deeply about like solving some of the fundamental problems here. And uh, and to be honest with you, I I, I, I said I in these ten years I would not have stayed that long if I didn't enjoy it. Right. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> I, really- I, I I like the energy. Uh, even you know Jakarta, obviously you know there are challenges, pollution, traffic, and all that. But uh, the energy in the city is, is is incredible, right? And there are so many things being done, and people want to move quick, and people want to build. Uh, so I think that drives, uh, you know, uh, my excitement also to be here and 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 try to contribute in 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 any way uh, to the growth of this country. Yeah. So it seems like you know you are in Indonesia for the long term. You believe in the growth story, um, and and knowing what you guys do at Ringcast, right? Uh, I'm also curious, Ilya, from personal point of view. You know. Um, I don't know where where do you see yourself living in Indonesia or which city or which region maybe 5 years from now 10 years from now have you have you thought about that maybe with your wife and Look I think uh it will it will depend obviously on 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 work and uh you know as now a lot of things are offline so uh, you know during this pandemic we did spend some time in Bali like many other tech entrepreneurs okay. because yeah. many people uh it was, at a certain point it was easier to have meetings in Bali than in Jakarta because everybody was there yes right yes. Uh, I I think it's uh, at the moment is uh, is gone back to more like the pre-pandemic levels and especially you know our stakeholders are large property developers or you know senior senior executives in banks uh so it's important that we are you know uh, you know, uh, 20 minutes away for from a you know uh, in-person meeting where we can come, show our system, train them, and and uh, and obviously we are onboarding all of them in terms of like really using the system, et cetera, et cetera. So, uh, I mean, in terms of living again personally, I, I think I, I still probably you know imagine myself being in Jakarta. Whether I uh, at the moment I live in an apartment, but maybe okay. I'll get convinced for a landed house. Uh, you know that can happen. <laughs> but uh, probably will be in, the, in Jakarta with hopefully some. Getaways in in some nice you know more closer to nature in Bandung or Bali, right? There's a lot of nature there. 
Yeah, yeah. You, you, you seem like you are already an Indonesian, man. I think uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, wanting to own a land, landed houses and all that. I mean, not many foreigners who, who live in Jakarta would want that, right? Because the convenience of apartments typically is something correct. that people correct, want. Uh, Ilya, I'm also curious, you know, if, if you have some thoughts about uh, the property market as a whole. You mentioned about the pandemic and how um, many people choose to live in perhaps uh, away from, you know, the hustle and bustle of a big city, uh, more space and all that. And I think um, uh, what's interesting to me, I think when we look at the pandemic, uh, the, the property prices of Um, many major cities in the world have gone up uh, like crazy, right? Uh, but the same, the same cannot be said for Indonesia, at least not that scale of 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 a, of a leapfrog uh, like you've seen in in many other big cities. Um, I don't know, man. A any thoughts that you have uh, about property uh, market in Indonesia at, at the point right now, maybe compared to 10 years ago when you first came and and so on? I'm sure you guys do do homework as well. Yeah. Look, I, I mean, uh, fundamentally, I mean, there, obviously there was a property boom in 2012, uh, which, you know, many people remember. And uh, I, I just came to Indonesia and I remember uh, I bought my, I, I actually bought my apartment in 2013. And I saw that in 2012, the apartment prices in Jakarta increased by 42%. <laughs> so that was really insane, right? So obviously after that, Uh, you know the the, the prices. Uh, you know more plateaued over the years, uh, etc. But if, if we look at the fundamentals, right? So the fundamentals, and this is a topic that uh, you know the government is talking a lot about. Is you know there is a backlog of housing of about you know twelve point twelve point seven million, right? So so fundamentally, the demand is extremely strong, right? Yeah. Uh, so exactly. Uh, yeah. You know, if you compare this. In business to some other products where which are more you know uh, pull rather than push i mean here this the, the, you, you 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 cannot argue that demand is always there and people really want to have a house and especially people are getting married early here uh so they want to uh, live with the family so i'm not really worried about the demand right now uh if we're looking at the so the question here is more around the affordability uh, and uh, around allowing indonesians to Uh, to be able to really, um, you know, get access to that financing. I think that's that's the fundamental goes back to fundamental question right here. So I think the property market in the long run, uh, it's a no brainer. It, actually, if we look at Indonesia, it, the total property market size is about 60 billion, uh, which is fairly low compared to the size <laughs> actually, of the economy, you know, yeah. the size of the country, right? Exactly. And the economy. exactly. Yeah. So, so I think, I think, uh, What we are very excited internally in Rinkas is that first we believe that the mortgage penetration will go from three percent to double digits in the next years. So the market, the, the mortgage market will grow uh, exponentially, and this you know, and we will grow with that market. Secondly, we also believe that the property market as a whole uh, is still fairly fairly small, considering that it's such a large country, right? Yeah, uh, small yeah. in terms of uh, value, not in terms the, of number of transactions. Right, right, right. The so relative size, will, right, to the economy, like you said, sixty, sixty, sixty billion compared to I don't know, Indonesia now is probably like a, a one trillion economy. Yeah. So I think that will also grow. So 
fundamentally, uh, we believe that, uh, and we're looking at it in the long term horizon. Obviously, mm, we know, mm, you mm. know, interest rates in the U.S. going up and this and that. Uh, we all know that, but you know, we're in this business for the long run, and and it's a good moment to build, as I said. And I say, in the long run, the fundamentals are there, right? The growth is is there, and it's in, in it's inevitable, right? So the question is. You know, who is going to be the one capturing that growth and helping to accelerate that, right? And we hope it's going to be retest. So that's how we look at it. Yeah, that's that's amazing. I mean, I'm I'm sure I'm, I'm rooting for you guys. You know, like I said, uh, we just at Katadata, we just did some uh, research on this a couple of months ago and we, we knew what are the problems in there? Uh, what are some of the bottlenecks? Uh, why is it that mortgage to GDP ratio is, is really low, like you said, below 3% currently? And what are some of the financial institutions are doing about this? Uh, Ilya, my last question about sure. perspective from, from the investors. You know, when you talk to the investors, you pitch this to your investors. Um, first part of the question is how excited are they? are they? Are they as excited as you guys in terms of trying to solve this uh, social problem in Indonesia? And secondly, uh, perhaps, you know, some, some sort of feedback, some sort of thinking a fresh perspective from them that you might not have otherwise gotten it before you talk to them. If you could share that earlier. Yeah. So uh, to be honest with you, we've been very positively surprised when we started this business on the amount of interest and the excitement that came from the investor community. Uh, I mean, to be very honest, uh, you know, we, uh, we, we raised our first pre-seed round pretty quickly and uh you know it was oversubscribed and uh we just uh you know didn't want to raise more because we don't want to you know we still want to get first get some traction before sure. you know uh, i i mean being a third and third time founder, second and third time founder you know that you don't want to raise too much early um but so the interest is extremely strong and we still receive like inbound requires from investors all over the world almost like on a uh, two or three times a week, right? Which is quite incredible, right? Because uh, we are, we're not going out there and, and hunting. So I think fundamentally, the the um, uh, the housing and the financing part of that uh, is 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 uh, something that the investors are very keen. Uh, obviously, if we look uh, traditionally, uh, you know, and this is why we define ourselves more as a fintech rather than prop tech, right? Uh, obviously, there've been some prop tech in the markets, and uh, maybe they haven't experienced as a strong growth. Uh, as some investors might have expected. Um, but also this is because fundamentally, I think, you know, things like finding a house is, is, is not a huge issue, but the affording to buy a house is where we see the problem is, right? So that's where, you know, introducing this new perspective into the, uh, into the space, I think makes the investors very excited because they think, oh, okay, you know, if you're tackling that side of the problem, right, then uh, we feel that the opportunity is extremely big and extremely scalable because let's remember mortgage is a virtual product, right, as a financial product. Mm -hmm, right? mm -hmm. So once you have the pipes and the platform is running, uh, you know, you can scale very, very quick. So I think uh, very interesting, very excited. And uh, to be honest with you, we also learn a lot from uh, some of the uh, yeah. investors from the U.S. who've been investing in in U.S., uh, uh, startups in the space uh, and they're more a lot more advanced so we've been talking to a lot of them and it's very refreshing to talk to them because they went through the cycles uh, a lot of insights uh, and, and actually in us they do invest in pieces of the value chain here we really need to you know digitize the whole value chain to make sure it's working so it's a little bit different problems to solve but uh, i think the excitement is definitely there yeah i guess i guess that knowledge transfer is going to be crucial to sort of help you uh, smoothen out the journey into uh, making sure that housing is more affordable for 
many Indonesians, Ilya. I think uh, personally, Ilya, you know, I, I have to thank you and, and the Ringkas team for, for doing this. Um, I guess as an economist, I, I, I knew for a fact that uh, one of the, the, the big problem that Indonesia will, will experience as the economy grows is that uh, income gap probably is going to be a problem. And one of the factors that, that cause this uh, potential increase in income gap is the fact that most Indonesians still do not own uh, their own house, right? That's uh, asset is going to be a, a big issue. And, and you know, thank you for uh, what you and the Ring Custom is doing, you know, um, looking forward to to when uh, it's finally being rolled out, right? And maybe, maybe we at Katadata team will also uh, have a go at this and test test the, uh, the, the application and the, the framework. For sure. Thank you for coming to the show, Ilya. There, there has been a Thank you. wonderful conversation. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure. Thank you. Yes. And that uh, wraps up another episode of Off the Script uh, with me, Gundi Chayadi. I'm your host, Gundi Chayadi. Thank you for listening Off The Script Podcast from Katadata. You can listen Katadata Podcast on our website, katadata.co.id, Spotify, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, and even Katadata Indonesia YouTube channel.